welcome to season two of the Dare to Believe podcast. Hey, Rebecca. Hey, Christy. Are you excited about season two? I'm very excited about season two. We've got a lot of great guests for our listeners and interviews full of revelation, awesome stories and testimonies that will encourage and inspire you, our listener, for the more of God. So we want you to dare to believe. So my name is Christy Grainer, and I am just excited to welcome you to the Dare to Believe podcast today. We are here in Reading with Hi. Teresa Dedman. Hi, Teresa. Hi, Christy. I'm so excited that you asked me to come and to join you. Yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Isn't it? Yeah. It's great. And so we've known each other for several years now. Yeah. So I'm glad to be able to share some of the neat things I've learned about you with, with all of our listeners. I know. It's been amazing, our journey together. And just seeing what can happen by just taking walks together, hearing each other's hearts, and beginning the journey of what does it look like to go after God's heart. Amen. Yeah. Amen. So you are a mighty woman in leadership at yes. Bethel. What an awesome position. Oh, what a privilege. Did you ever, ever in your wildest dreams imagine you'd be doing what you are doing now? That's a good question. I knew I had a, an encounter when I was maybe about five, Christy, where I felt the presence of God and I saw I saw these leaves rustling above our house where I was just waiting for my, really for my family to come back because they were in school, my older brothers and sister. And I knew I was called. It's funny. I knew I was called into ministry at that time had no clue what that looked like. I was raised Catholic, but I felt like that's what I was born to do. So I knew I would be doing it, but I never thought I would travel. I didn't even think about that. So it was more of it was more of a calling, but not necessarily seeing the breadth of the mm-hmm. call. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah. And you were raised in Southern California, right? Or would you call it Northern well, I was, California? I was raised in the Reno so what do you, is that considered? Kind of like it's close to, it's about two hours east of Sacramento, Reno, in Tahoe. And so I was raised there and I started to find even a deeper call when my parents became charismatic in the Catholic Church. And so my family was the bridge for all of the different Protestant denominations to come, plus the Catholics, and get baptized in the Holy Spirit at my parents' prayer meeting. So... Oh, so tell us what that looked like. Oh, it was crazy. It was like my brother, Chad, who was going to seminary school in Sacramento, uh, had an encounter with God. And my mom had a similar encounter with God as well. And so we would have probably around 40 or 50 guys getting filled with the Holy Spirit for about every weekend for probably about, maybe about, about six or seven months. And from that... And how old were you at that point? I was 13. What a cool thing to be happening at that age. Oh, yeah, it was amazing. It really it really brought so much, um, I would consider not only raw faith, but to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, to understand what that looked like in transformation for culture. So we were a family that dared to believe in going out. So we began a journey of going to prisons, going to convalescent homes going everywhere and just really spreading the news of God through music and through dramas and through all different through testimonies through 
all different kinds of stuff. So I was I did not grow up in an ordinary home at all. I grew up in a home where Jesus was the central the central focal point. And if you were a Christian, it meant that you reached out. So that's that was my mindset ever since I was about twelve or thirteen. Wow. Yeah. God was setting a framework and a, a foundation. Oh my gosh, she totally was. No so doubt. your family would go to places, do dramas, do singing, yeah. and give the gospel. Yeah, and people would get saved and touched. And, and my, both my parents were firm believers in follow follow through and stewardship. So they would go to um, the gosh the prisons every single week and do Bible studies both for the men and for the women. And so it wasn't just like I saw them on Sunday. But I saw them actually living out the truth of the gospel and my brother, Chad, and my community. So it was, it was crazy. That's cool. So for people who are raising children oh and gosh. want to make sure their children are able, because passing on a faith like that from generation to generation can be a challenge. Yeah. So you clearly received what was being passed on to you and then took it further and ran with it. So what would be your advice to people who are raising children and want them to understand the Holy Spirit and yeah. to understand how to reach a world? I think, Christy, that's part of probably my call as well. I know that I'm we're gearing up to even do uh, Create for Kids and Create to be Free for Kids because I feel like children can hear from the Holy Spirit just as well as any adult. And I feel like if we're going to reach this next generation a lot of them are bored in church a lot of them feel like wow it's like I nobody really like lets me go out and hear from the Holy Spirit go after signs and wonders so when I travel and when I speak I always empower the children to hear from God and to go after healing through art or through other different ways and they all rise to the occasion they do there's one person that says oh I wish I didn't learn that they go, yeah, well, let me let me do this more. And they're hungry for the supernatural. So I think that I would tell I would tell um, parents to take their kids with them, to not mm-hmm. make it a separate encounter, but to say, hey, let's go, let's all go out and let's see people get touched. Mm-hmm. And you can, if you get a word of knowledge, please let us know, so that there's that thing inside of each child gets to hear from God and gets to encounter Him and gets to like find out what their testimony is and then they'll never forget yeah and parents can talk them through it it gets messy you figure out what is the lord what isn't the lord yeah. you know i i love that when our our sons were a little older is when we really encountered holy spirit so we yeah. we didn't have the nice young experience that you had with our kids although they were very very they were very very tuned into holy spirit we just gary and i didn't know how to parent that and yeah. and we were in a kind of church system that kids you develop them till they're confirmed and then they finally got everything they need and then you let them get an experience and that just wouldn't work for my kids very well um and our our youngest son we took him we were we were connected with john paul jackson newly we wanted to look into his stuff and he did a course called the art of hearing god and we took our 12 year old son with us and we made him go he was so mad none of it was in the Minneapolis area so we made him go to Chicago with us and uh, it was three solid days of teaching and encounter and activations and he loved every minute of it and he said mom if you would have done that in church I would have wanted to go to church with you there you go exactly there you go yeah that's it exactly I mean what child 
just wants to be told what to believe. They have to interact. They right. have to have a way that, okay, let's hear from the Holy Spirit. Okay, what is he saying? When we engage children to do it, then they get it. And it's real to them. It's not just a theory yeah. that they're hearing. It's a, it's real. That's cool. Yeah. So then you you went to college. You went to a Christian university. Yeah, yeah. what happened is I, I met Kevin at my parents' prayer meeting, my husband. Oh, is that right? I did, yeah. Is he one of the people son. that was led to the Lord at your parents' he house? Was. <laughs> he was. He got saved at Calvary Chapel with his grand his grandmother down in Southern California. And then he made it up. He went back because he was living in the Reno Tau area. And he knew that the only place to get filled with the Holy Spirit was at my parents' prayer meeting. So That's a good reputation to I have. Know, totally. So he ended up there, and we fell in love, and then uh, got married about a year later, and then we ended up going to Bible college. Okay. And that was down in Southern California with Jack Hayford. So we ended up going to Life Bible College, and we were there for about two, two and a half, three years. So you both did Bible college together. We both did Bible college together. I love that you've always been a woman empowered to lead in the body of Christ. Yeah, you know, I went through my struggle. Like, we're talking about daring to believe, but I'll, I'll never forget. I mean, my, again, in the backstory, my mom was a very powerful woman, extremely powerful. And I never considered there to be a difference between men and women because of the the transformational power of the Holy Spirit that was happening during that charismatic movement. So it never hit me until I went to Bible college to a more Protestant denominational structure. And so there was a there was a professor, we were doing a home group with him and his wife. And so I asked his wife if she would just mentor me. And she said, well, let me just tell you, like if anything happens, you need to get a job so that he can go to Bible college and she started to tell me, like, my dream of becoming a pastor wasn't as valuable as my husband's. And as she's talking to me and really downplaying my role and what I wanted to do, I completely shut down. And I could see the enemy was trying to take away my call and mm-hmm. also my belief in the Protestant faith that do they really, I know they profess that, like, but do they believe that? And so it was it was definitely a marking time for me to see, Christy, the disparagement of what people preach about women and then what they actually live. Mm-hmm. And so shortly after that, we, Kevin graduated. I was pregnant with Chad. And so I wasn't, I had one more year left of school and we went to pastor and that was back in the Reno Sparks area. And the pastor there did not believe in women ministering, even though it was a spirit filled you would think denomination and so that was another blow to what I was going through but Christy that forced me when we left there to go back and to get my degree in psychology because I saw how sick the church really was I saw Hmm. how and and I saw how there wasn't the same freedom as when I grew up and so I went there and that's when I discovered the Vineyard Church. So one of my friends in college said, okay, you should try this out. So I went there and I said, well, this is freedom. It was right when the Vineyard Church was just starting. And so we began to go to the Vineyard and within a year I was asked to come on staff. Now wow. this is great. So I was asked to come on staff full time, not Kevin and Teresa. I wasn't the appendage. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I was the person who was asked to come on doing counseling, doing women's ministries. 
doing like welcome ministry, doing all different kinds of stuff within the Newport Beach area. And that completely set me into a different direction of healing. And I also went to a, um, they were doing a healing conference in Arizona with our pastor at that time. And he talked about his relationship with his wife and now they both minister together. I remember I went back and I just cried because I saw a model finally of a man who valued ministry from his wife and also from others as well in ministry as women. So, so that, that really set me free. How was, how was your, how was that dynamic between you and Kevin when you're trying to figure out who you are and being newly married is tough enough as it is, you know, it was so hard. I mean, when we went into that, that pastorate, first of all, my husband wasn't raised Christian. So he was really looking to be mentored by this man. He wanted him to work 60 hours a week and who was having an affair at the time. Oh, no. Yeah. And so Did Kevin know that? Kevin didn't know that until after. Uh, after oh, that's sad. Afterward. So Kevin was dealing with his own uh, hurt and pain. He went back to get his master's in church leadership, but he never forgave the man who had done that to him. So he went into sales in a secular job while I went into full-time ministry. And so he was still doing, he was still in that place of getting healed up. So we were having, you know, we were having a difficult time just because his heart was still very wounded. And then the prophets came to uh, the Vineyard Church in 19, about 89. And it was Bob Jones, one of the prophetic ministers who had a word over Kevin and said that the winds blow again. And wow. he crumpled to the floor and he just began to have encounters with God and he forgave that man in the old pastorate and he began to get set free and figure out that he he was called and to go. And so it wasn't, it was probably about a year later that we, um, it was actually two, three years later that we planted our church in Huntington Beach. Yeah. And now that was, was that the church that was in a, a more of a, Tough yeah, area. Talk about talk about daring greatly and and like going after believing. That was a huge step because the vineyard denomination at that point was really into inner healing. Uh, there was a lot of stuff that I was gaining from that as well, and they were moving into, you know, I mean, they're such a master at home groups. They really have done a masterful job in that arena. So we were very involved in that, but there wasn't a lot of evangelism happening within the vineyard movement and. Both Kevin and I have a huge heart for evangelism, like when I grew up. And so he would go to this church in Anaheim, which was about maybe 30 minutes away from our house. And he would see a group of people that, maybe it was about 5,000 people that were seeing people get saved every week because they would like, they would really appeal to what people were into. So they had a biker, uh, a biker team they had like outreaches every single week into the inner city. They did rap dancing. They <laughs> did everything you can imagine to save people. And they saw this huge amount of growth because of that, because of the need and had discipleship homes. So Kevin's getting fed here and I'm still on staff. And then I had an open vision and that was probably 1984 where I heard God say, you're going to leave the vineyard and you're going to plant a church with Kevin. So I had this, and this was a huge shift for me because obviously I 
was very well established as a minister there and loved it. And I knew that I would be giving that up to go into. So you dared to believe that there'd be more. Mm -hmm. There'd be more. And it wasn't a structure. It was more of a structure that was male dominated as well. Mm -hmm. So there was a lot of, I would consider for me, um, risks that I had to take in believing God in that arena. And so I did that, and then we began, I began to get so many creative ideas in evangelism from that. So I did, I started stuff, Christy, for kids' ministries, with face painting, with balloons, with art. I. So some of the things we see hints of here that you're doing now started way back then. Yeah, I was, we would remake songs like that Alanis Morissette, Cheryl Crow, others did, and I would be singing them, so I was singing as well. And so we were, and then I was also a rap dancer. So I was. You were a rap dancer. I, I love it. In that context, we just saw so many people get saved through through creativity. Yeah. Because it's such a a medium that everyone enjoys, and so we did that for about probably about ten years, and then we felt led to. Probably it was like we we're looking at pioneering into the Oregon area, so we had two um, church planting churches that we were going to and visiting and our, some of our friends that were pastors said, hey, have you have you ever heard of like Bill Johnson? And we said, no, we've never heard of Bill Johnson because he wasn't even well known. This so was what year was this? Okay. And so, and so they said, well, we heard him at this church and their church is right on the five freeway, so to get into Oregon, you would, you're going to have to go through the five free, you know, five freeway. And so we just said, okay, well, let's just go there. And Kevin was very reticent because, you know, Reading is like a truck stop area. There's nothing, not a big city. There's no beach. There's no. People. There's no beach. No. That's a big. <laughs> it's a big thing for our family. And so, uh, but I kept, but I got the word Reading about a month or two before that, and so. We went there, and we knew that this is where God wanted us to go. Mm. So we moved here in 1992, got a great person to oversee our church and pastor it, sold our house before it was on the market. Just everything fell into place, and we came up here, and we did the School of Ministry. And So you came through as a student? We came through as a student because we really felt like we needed a cultural change. So how many students were in that? We were in, I was involved in ministry for about 15 years. You're probably kind of tired. Yeah, I think so. And plus, we didn't have an empowering culture sure. as far as a governmental structure for a church that we had ever seen before. So it was very good that we did that. And so, yeah, we did the School of Ministry. How many students were in the School of Ministry when you, you were there? You can believe it. We had probably 100. That must have been quite an ex- And you had Chris Valton and, and Bill Johnson Chris as your main teachers. And they weren't Dan Fairley. As much, so wow. it was a completely different setup. Danny and Sherry. Sherry was my overseer. Wow. In first year, and Mark Brooks, who's still there, and so we kind of got retooled. Yeah. Began to see what an empowering culture was. We began to um, get healed. There's so much that God was doing. We had never. How old were your kids at that point? Chad was with us in the school. Okay. Chad had just graduated from high school, and then Alexa was in fifth grade. So they all were immersed in the Bethel culture. So yeah, so Chad was involved with our the same grade as us. And then after after school, you know, there were many things, Christy, that God was doing at that time. You're talking about daring to believe. I'll, I'll never forget. I had an open vision that first Sunday 
before we came up to Bethel to live, where I was here in Bill Johnson, I had an open vision where I saw myself painting in the back of the sanctuary. Now, I had never really painted since I was young because my mom was an artist. So I'm, it wasn't in my wheelhouse of, I mean, I always wanted to write and illustrate children's books, but nothing where I had put any forward momentum to that. I was more along, I was more of a minister. I was a pastor. Mm-hmm. And I would dabble in things creatively to bring the lost in, but nothing that was, that, that hinted at what I was going to be doing. And so in this open vision, I see myself and I'm like painting in the back, which was new on an easel. And I see myself and I'm, the paint's falling. Things are kind of like going everywhere. (laughs) It's one of those dreams. It's like, it's not a dream, but it's a vision. And then all of a sudden I remember, and so I was on all fours trying to clean up back there while Bill is preaching. And I remember saying to myself, I can't take away from the man of God. And I had no idea what that meant. I had zero clue except that a second-year student had prophesied over me at the Leaders Advance in May before we had moved in July about an arts movement, starting an arts movement. So I knew that, but I didn't have, I didn't have any grid for it. So after doing the School of Ministry, and people would comment, because at that point you could do a, a painting or an art piece for a book report which is funny, now it's not that case, but, so I'd be getting a lot of, so I would paint sometimes because of these words, and people are giving me all these words, this is amazing, blah, 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 but it never it never clicked into my head that this was something that I needed to do. Anyway, so after first year, Kevin and I were talking about what are we gonna do next? And I said, well, I would like to oversee second year because it's all in leadership. You just stepped out and said that. I did. Awesome. I said, Kevin, I said, I don't want to go back to pastor. I, I, that's what I would want to do. And so there wasn't any openings, right? It was already set in motion. Banning Lipshire was overseeing at Jesus Culture. And in the middle of summer, without me ever speaking to Chris or anybody else about what I wanted to do, he called and he goes, hey, we would like to have you and Kevin help oversee second year. So without having voiced that to anybody at Bethel, just your husband. Yeah. Yeah. God opened up the door. Wow. And then he said to me, and Teresa, I want you to head up the arts. Now that's when I said, okay, I need to explore this. This is something that isn't just my own, like, what is that? Like, kind of like a little, like, almost like destruction, but this could be God. So at that point, and I know that Chris didn't even have an idea about what that would mean to me. But he is prophetic, so he, he knew prophetic. he could see the totally. potential on you and was calling it out. Yeah, so for me, it's like, so I took all of my passion from when I was young with my mom and mm. dad, plus I took all of what I had learned in Huntington Beach when we had overseen our church for 10 years and done everything evangelistically. But then I added in the prophetic and healing. And I mm. began to train. And the culture of Bethel to that. Exactly. The empowering culture. Exactly. And I began to teach students to go out and to minister. And I started to see healings. And I started to see transformation. And I started to see, oh, my gosh, this is like, this is, this is one of the things I'm supposed to do with my life. And so, I mean, even right now, like 15 years later, we have like five restaurants where we have live music from our, our students who have written their own songs or, or do cover tunes that people know. 
I have. So they just go. Tell, tell us more about what that looks like. Well, we've contacted like View 202, some of the best restaurants in Reading. We said, hey, we would like to offer our free services. Come in and, uh, and do live music for two hours. Would you like that? These are professional, photog- I mean, professional musicians which come into our student body. And they've all said yes, and they all love it. So we're in five restaurants every week. We have so releasing the presence of the Lord through music. We are. People who are just there for dinner. Yeah. And we, <laughs> I love it. We're also, we also do music for Shaskade, which is a place for the um, adult develop, develop. They're both developmentally handicapped and um, physically handicapped. And we do music to them and they get completely transformed. And we've seen people get saved and healed there as well. We have, uh, we do uh, an art it's like an it's like an art like class for a charter school every single week with fifty kids that are underprivileged and teach kingdom values. We're in the library doing a children's creative hour, able to talk about Aslan. Let's take you on an encounter. So it's all kingdom based, but not Christian based as far as like you know. So so what might that look like at a library? You tell me about Aslan, you said? Yeah, yeah. So what we do, I'll, I'll give you a quick testimony. So we were speaking on, like, Aslan, and so we read a book to the kids, and then we say, okay, kids, close your eyes. Who would like to hear from Aslan? And they all <laughs> oh, I love it. Eyes, Come on. Go, what did Aslan say? And this one girl who was about seven said, she was crying, she goes, Aslan took me to my dad. And I said, well, and we said, well, what do you mean your dad? He goes, well, my dad um, died last year in a, in a boating accident, oh. and I was never able to say goodbye. And this is just in the public library. This is in the public library. Oh, wow. So Taking God to, to the people, yeah. Yeah, and then, we're, and then we do crafts with them. We're, um, we, we're in about five to six coffee shops doing art for people that's free. So what does that look like? Well, it's like, it's like for instance, uh, I'll give you an example. It's like you could go into any coffee shop. And you would see like free art and a sign posted there. And we go up to people and go, hey, uh, we just did this card for you. This is a card about new beginnings. This is a card and this is why we did this. Does that mean something to you? Oh my gosh, yeah, how did you know? We were able to to really see people get transformed and healed. So you just talk with the manager and say, can we hang out for a couple hours, do free art? Oh, yeah. won't cost them anything. Yeah, and it's every week. And so oh. we're in like five coffee shops plus and one restaurant the Gaia Hotel which has a restaurant in Anderson we've been doing live art for the last five to six years there really every Wednesday night and the they love it and so they're, they've been able to minister to so many people because they come up well tell me why you're painting that or what does that mean and then you're able to share the gospel with people there that is so good it's just crazy and there's something about art and creativity that takes down the walls with people. It just they know you're safe. They know it's you can tell, and you know when the art's not safe. You know, it's there's just something that speaks to the spirit right away. There's something. It's like an open door. It's like crazy. One of the things that we're about ready to do, Christy, is that, uh, and this is just to show you the power of daring to believe. Is I heard this two years ago. I went. I was speaking in Southern California. And this one man had heard a message about, do you really know the people in your neighborhood? And he realized he didn't. He'd just gotten saved a year previously. And he's a portrait artist. So he went down, he was talking to a homeless man. 
And he said, oh, I'd love to do your portrait. And the man said, sure. He goes, yeah, let me take a photo. He did a portrait, and from the proceeds of selling that portrait, he was able to help to rehabilitate that man. Seriously. And so he began to do two, three, four, five. So Santa Anna picked up on it, and it was called The Faces of Santa Anna. So I'm just there at this speaking at this conference, and I hear him speak for about 20 minutes, and I said, I gave him a prophetic word, which everything has come about. But I said, well, why not Reading? So I came back to Reading, and I realized that Reading, the city of Reading is not necessarily going to go after the homeless, but they're going to go after unsung heroes. So I was doing a display of art at City Hall, and I built a strong relationship with the city by helping them with events because of creativity. And so I was talking to the person who heads up all of the parks and recreation and art in, in Reading, and I said, hey, I have an idea about doing an event called The Faces of Reading and of really talking about the people that are the unsung heroes that nobody knows about that have served Reading that you know about. And we could do their portraits. We could do a bio on them with their, photo with their photograph. Would you be interested in that? She goes, oh, my gosh, that would be amazing. So we did a whole city event. The whole city was invited. We had over 200 people that came, and we did 39 portraits of these people. So when the fires came to Reading this last August, we I called her because she wanted to do it again and I said, let's do it for the car fire. Yeah. So we're doing an event in, in um, late in January of honoring all of the people that served and transformed Reading and saved people's lives. Wow. One motorcycle man who on his own would go into these neighborhoods that seemed tucked away when the fire was coming, and he would knock on their door and say, it's time to get out. And he saved hundreds of people's lives while his own house was burning down. Wow. On his own. So it's stories like that yeah. that we could honor. And so that's one of the things that I do for the city, too, is we do this. It's called the Faces of, of Reading. So I probably have about 13 groups that go out and just transform people. This one group goes, it's called Reading Strong. It goes and honors all of the people, the fire department, the police department, the people that have done things above and beyond for our city. And they bring cards, they bring, it's, it, could, it could be food, any kind of stuff to celebrate who they are. So this is, yeah, so this just developed. So I, I'm excited about that. It never stops growing, does it? It never. It, it just continues. The, the Lord's so infinite, and His yeah. creativity is infinite. And it's so funny because I started doing this with my parents. It's funny, like you talked about how kids watch what their parents do, mm -hmm. but then it becomes tied to their own legacy. And they taught you how to discern. And I, what, what was occurring to me is as you're teaching people, this is a messy process. It people is. may not do it perfect every time, and That's they may exactly make, right. yeah, you have to correct or <laughs> redirect, but it's so worth it because look what you come out with. Oh, my gosh. It's like I think the greatest thing, Christy, is like, and I'm going to be doing a series on evangelism and creativity, doing an online course soon, but it's like most people don't feel that they have anything to share with people that are not Christian or they feel tongue-tied or they feel like I don't want to carry a burning cross around or a sign that says like you know turn or burn <laughs> yeah it's like but if they knew that their own passion and creativity can be a part of their witness if they understood that 
and that it's very simple through a culture of honor and empowerment like what Bethel teaches to bless people when they understand that it's, it's a game changer mm-hmm. and then people go oh you mean I can be powerful in myself and be yourself. You don't have to try to be somebody else. I don't have to yeah. be Chris Overstreet or a person right. who's like a Todd White. Or mm-hmm. in most people are not that way. And you wouldn't be powerful being them. You're powerful being you. Exactly. And to figure out what that is and how to how to be that and have people like um, Chris Valton who called out who you were even when you weren't quite sure. You had a no. you had a little sense of it, but you probably would not have pursued it. No without him being called out. It's really true. I don't think if Chris hadn't asked me to head up the arts, I would never have been doing what I'm doing and teaching around the world or writing my book, Born to Create, or, or seeing incredible miracles happen through what God can do in churches because of it. I, I, would have, I, would have, I wouldn't have fulfilled my call. And if people, I, I want to make sure we get this information out there for them, because if people yeah. want to connect with you and want this in their life, they could come to Bethel and they could be in the school, but most people can't do that. They can also access it through the internet very easily or through your books. Yeah, they can. I mean, TeresaDedman.com. I have online courses that they can look at, create to be free for healing and create 28, 28 sessions to unlock your creativity. And, and so those are courses you can do on Online, on the internet, yeah. Point. And I and uh, we're doing webinars now once a month where they can join a community and with me hear so many stories and learn life messages from me about how they can grow as well. So there's so much that they can do as far as fulfilling their dreams and not backing off. And I mean, Chris had to call that out of me. I had to be in a connected group for that to happen. I had to be seen. And that's a lot. I think a lot of people live very disconnected, Christy. And so they never fulfill what God's really called them to be because they're not in the right position Mm -hmm. to be called out because they're not there. And I think it's interesting, your journey just is so, I don't know, it's not typical at all, but I I see a, a pattern there that happens to so many in the body of Christ that what you were most anointed to do and called to do was actually shut down and that the body of Christ is hurting and dysfunctional in many ways and needs healing, but that, that, that people can be hurt and then they isolate and they don't get it pulled out of them in the, in healthy community, but you don't stop there. Keep reaching out for healthy community because it's there. Yeah. I always, I always tell people, it's like, you know, I I realize like hurt will happen. Mm Mm-hmm. It will happen in families. You're gonna, you're never gonna have the perfect family. Mm-hmm. Guess what? It just doesn't happen. You're never gonna have the perfect church. You're never gonna have the perfect community, or the perfect, or the perfect job, whatever. But what you will have is God behind you, setting you up if you continue to believe. Mm-hmm. And if I could have, I could have very easily just shut off from the church, mm-hmm. gone on, gotten my. Uh, master's in psychology and gone on to be an MFCC, uh, working with like couples, etc. I could have easily have done that. And you'd done fine, and, and the Lord would have loved you. <laughs> yeah. But it would never have brought transformation to the very thing I love, which is the church. Right. And it's so it's the joy that's in you because you are being who you were created to be. Exactly. It's beautiful. Exactly. And I, I feel like that's something, I was just talking to my husband about this. It's amazing how offense keeps people from their destiny. They think that it's like, oh, they haven't had these circumstances happen, they haven't had a Chris Valentin, whatever. 
No, it's like if we keep holding on to offenses or fear, that that's what keeps most people from really fulfilling their destiny mm -hmm. and living in freedom, true freedom. And freedom isn't having everything go right in our control. Freedom is allowing, yielding to the Holy Spirit and to the Father and to Jesus and then saying, okay, I'm in for a ride. Mm -hmm. And trusting him even when things aren't looking real fun or aren't exactly. going real well. Sometimes they are, but it will always be good. It'll always come out good, but it's always, it gets hard in the middle. Yeah, yeah. There were things that Kevin and I went through in our marriage throughout our life and that got really, really bad about three years ago. And it was like up to me to look at what did I believe about forgiveness? What did I believe about about um, who I was and what I could change myself and and I can remember I I could have easily have chosen a way out but I mm -hmm. chose to think about what God would do and I waited I think so many people make mistakes Christy because they haphazardly just go after a feeling versus going after waiting until you get the right word waiting on great counsel waiting upon what God would have, what is the best, and, and that's what I did, and I'm so excited. I mean, we're just celebrating. Uh, we just talked about that, our 40th anniversary. Congratulations. Yeah, and so there's things that God's doing. And, Which is uh, a real miracle in many ways. It is. I mean, how many divorces are there out there? Yeah. And what I would say because of ministry, because Kevin uh -huh, in ministry. Right, and how, how strategic it would be to break you up and all the things that you carry would have been fallen by the wayside but what I saw as you have worked through some hard things and we've walked yeah. and talked is that you had wide wise counsel and that you cared for yourself in the process and didn't just you forgave but you also cared for yourself and yes. took care of you and were, would not go back into in some dysfunctional things and so yeah. that was a challenging process and and here you are celebrating 40 years together so yeah. way to go you think and it you know it doesn't I mean, you could be an anointed person and be involved in ministry or be involved in whatever field that you're in and be successful. But if you don't have wholeness inside of you and your closest relationships, you're missing out on the power of Jesus to transform everything in your life. Because mm -hmm. God died for us to be set free, Christy, as you know, in every area. And, and I think that's the part that was so important for me to grasp is that Jesus really died for us and for us to feel whole, to be sozoed, mm -hmm. body, soul, and spirit. And even what you went through was not too big for Jesus to, to work Absolutely. through. Absolutely. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, we, we can feel like, oh, this this thing was too much, but it's, it never was. You can, you can There always is hope if you work it through God's way and trust Him. It really is true, and I find... What I did too, which I hope that people that are daring to believe do, is I fed myself on the truth. I fed myself in in things that would bring me like positivity and life. I would listen to like you know just great sermons and and TD Jakes, you know, people that would feed my heart and keep me on focus. It's like you, it's whatever you whatever you feed will grow. Mm -hmm. So for me in my life. I, I have to be learning. I mean, I hope that I continue to grow. I mean, daring to believe is courage 
in what God's saying to you next, it's not saying you ever arrive. Yeah, right. Because yeah. you never do. Right. There's always more. There's always something that God's asking you because his story is always continuous. It's never ending. It's, and that's the beauty of what I found about creativity is when people, when people believe that they're not creative, they, they shut off a part of who they are that is their imagination. It's how God speaks. And creativity isn't just in doing art. It's not just in painting. It's not just in music. Creativity happens when you have an original thought. It's when you have ideas for counseling. It's when you have uh, like different things for innovations. And I mean, George Washington Carver, he, what, he, he devised a hundred types of uses of the peanut that transformed so many people around the globe. Mm-hmm. And it's because through a dream. He had some of that through dreams. He, he had yeah, through power dreams. of dreams. And he says, "My whole inspiration is from God." Yeah. He was getting this revelation in creativity, and if he would have thought, "No, I'm just not creative," he would never have right. invented like the peanut butter, what we love, and so many other uses. Yeah. So learn to be who God created you to be, and be creative as the unique individual you are, not creative just like everybody else. That's right. huge. Mm-hmm. That that is huge. I think. That it's, I think there's two things that really stop people from growing. It's number one, they've had some sort of trauma where they've been put down for being who they are yeah. and they close off. Mm-hmm. Either that happens or number two, they try and please and try and be somebody that they're not so that, so that they'll get the affirmation that they need mm-hmm. versus really loving the way that they're created and not caring what other people do. and getting the affirmation from the Lord and learning how to do that that's you, you know you need to learn how to get your affirmation from the Lord you do yeah you do it's crazy but when you have that you you're alive you're doing what you're born to like I I love what I do I would do it for free you know <laughs> I just love it well I I want to respect your time because you are going to go babysit your two beautiful <laughs> grandchildren <laughs> this is I wonderful four-year-old she just turned four and I have a little, always oh, so cute, uh, David Judah, who is about seven months old. Now. Oh, yeah. So maybe we can interview you another time and get some more of these. This is wonderful. I would love to. I would love it. But I want to remind people that they can access you and your information yes. on TeresaDedman.com. Yes. There's coaching, there's teaching and mentoring. and yes. um, webinars, there's online courses. Can they get your there's books there? talks every at 1230 Pacific time that they can listen to. You can get my books. Uh, Amazon has a, a Born to Create and um, Cultivating Kingdom Creativity is from Bethel. So okay. Get that there. Yeah. But would you pray a blessing over oh, our I listeners would that they would, to. yeah, that what, what you carry, they would get? Yes, I would love to, Christy. So, Father, we thank you for everyone who's listening, that God, you would just touch and, and anoint the people to realize that they are the sparkle in their father's eye, that they are the dream that only they can fulfill and that they have permission right now as they hear my voice to start to explore who you have been created to be without any kind of fear, any kind of anxiety, but to take that first step and say, well, what am I created to be? And let the Holy Spirit begin to lead. And Father, we just thank you. And I impart favor. I impart like uh, just a mother's spiritual blessing on people that are just starting to do this, 
to go after your dream and to see what you've been born to be. So I bless that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, Christy, so yes, much. Yes, we've been talking with Teresa Dedman at Bethel in Reading, and TeresaDedman.com is how you can find out more about her. Blessings to you, Teresa. Thank you, Christy. Thank you for listening to Dare to Believe podcast. We are grateful for you, our listeners. You can find out more about us at our website dare to believe.info that's dare the number two believe.info also to make sure you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes subscribe to us on apple itunes or however you listen to your podcasts and go ahead and leave a five-star rating while you're at it thank you guys